He's a sulky, over-funky, kinda hunky superhero. A two-fisted and electrically transistored superhero. An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero. The Marvel superheroes have arrived. Hello and welcome to Marvel Vision, a Marvel Studios TV show podcast brought to you by Cinema Sangha. My name is Devin Ferracci. I'm one of the hosts of this program. Joining me as he traditionally does... My name is Derek Faraci, and I've been licked, washed up for years, and I merely survive because of my pride. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We were just talking before we began this podcast. I am launching another podcast, a fourth podcast here at Cinema Sangha. I think that this officially makes it a podcast network. This is my podcast empire. And this podcast is going to be a little bit different than the other podcasts. We have Marvel Vision, this one you're listening to right now. We have The Bad Batch which is like Marvel Vision, but about Star Wars. And then we have Watchmen, which is a monthly podcast about superhero movies, which also feels connected to Marvel Vision, right? That feels like all of a piece, and it's me and you. They're all watching pop culture stuff, right? Well, watching and then me and you arguing and talking about it. Yes. Um, I didn't mean like we just sit there silently while we watch it and we put out (laughs) a podcast. It's just silence. You can kind of hear the movie or show in the background. But uh, this new show is going to be a scripted nonfiction podcast, and it's going to be called The Force is With You. And the premise of the show is that it's going to be about Star Wars and religion. And uh, every episode is going to tell a different story about an aspect of Star Wars that is inspired by or influenced by or reflects some aspect of real world religious stuff. Um, I did the first episode and I sent Derek a – a rough draft of it. And he was kind enough to give me a lot of notes. Uh, very, very helpful. So now I have to integrate those notes. I thought I might've had a finished product, but now Derek sent back a bunch of really good notes. So I have to go back and do some more work. So in the next couple of days, the first episode should be dropping and it, the first one's going to be free. I have the same policy as drug dealers. And, uh, after that, you're going to have to pay. It's going to be available for the $10 and above Patreon subscribers. And it's going to come out like every two weeks or so. And after the season is over, it's going to have six episode seasons. Then it'll begin being available for the $5 subscribers. So the $10 folks get it first crack at it and they get like three months of exclusivity. And then the $5 folks get it. And that's it. Nobody else gets it. Does not go lower than the $5. Um, maybe, maybe like in three years old start letting some of them out from behind the paywall. But, uh, that is, uh, that is that, that, that's what's happening over here. I'm kind of excited about it. New year, new podcast, new year, new podcast. I actually wanted to drop it on a January one. That was like my dream, but didn't happen. Yeah. Life is what happens when you're busy making plans, right? What'd you think of Babylon? Um, I enjoyed it for the most part. I, I don't want to get too spoilery. Uh, I wish that it kept getting crazier and crazier. Once Tobey Maguire showed up, I was real upset when they just went back to like the story. I was like, no, go that direction. <laughs> like, like get real wild with it now. Right. And they kind of, you know, then just have 20 minutes of like wrap up after that sequence. And I was like, oh, well, okay. But uh, I do think we don't need any more movies about how important special movies are. I think we're fine. I think we all got it. <laughs> We're good now, you know. Uh, I think it's okay. Like you, you can stop trying to convince us that that movies are an important part of life. It's okay. 
Like imagine if every other painting was about like how important painting is, you know, <laughs> we don't need it. It's fine. Yeah. It's a lot of that. Uh, I still haven't seen that one. I'm excited to catch it. Hopefully. I so. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I did. I, I thought it was really good. I thought everybody did a good job in it. Um, there's one, I, again, I, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm not going to go into it, but there's one thing that happens at the end where I was like, Oh, you're just telling me to go watch that movie instead, <laughs> which seemed very weird, but that's okay. What are you going to do? Yeah, I saw that. I saw Megan, which I enjoyed as well. Going to see Megan this week. So because uh, because Brittany uh, is undergoing treatment right now, her immune system is beat to hell. Yeah. And so going to the movies is tricky because uh, there's a COVID yeah. surge. Yeah. So we're going to try to see May, uh, Megan at a really empty screening during the week. This is the goal, to try to get in there to a really empty room. Did you like it? I did. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. A little too quick at the end, the opposite of, of Babylon, but uh, I enjoyed it. And I also watched the menu today. I like so. the menu very much. I got some issues. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I got some notes on that one. I think it's I good. Some- I'm not saying it's not good. It's a good movie. I enjoyed it. But like there's one thing they do with one character. I was like, I don't think you need to do that. That didn't really add anything to the story. Which character? Uh, again, it would be very spoilery. So I don't just tell me which character. Don't tell me what happens. Uh, Anya Tal- Taylor-Joy's character. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know what that could be. So it's very interesting. Um, all right. Enough about other movies. Do we have any news about Marvel or DC movies or TV shows? We've got a lot of news. We've got a lot of news. And Is it we really with... have a lot of news or you do one of those sarcastic No, no, things? we really have a lot of news. Okay. And, and we're going to start with one of the more serious bits of news um, or the most serious bit, bit of news. Jeremy Renner was in a horrific uh, snowplow accident on New Year's Day. Uh, but he is recuperating in the hospital and he seems to be doing pretty well from based on his Instagram. Well, he's not dead. I don't know if he's, he's, I don't, he's it's not hard dead. to know. He, he's talking. He's, he's moving around. Yeah. He's able to hold a camera. His hair looks perfect. So <laughs> I like was wondering he, if he's, like, he, he is awake enough to be like, somebody do my hair. Cause I'm not going live with, with, with bad hair. That's what I was wondering. So, did they have somebody come into the hotel room and do his hair? Cause he really did have his hair. Like, I, I mean, we, we saw like his, his sister washing his hair. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I, I imagine like his, his family is doing his hair for him, you know, obviously like, but he looks like he's, he's, it's going to be a long road from the looks of it, but he's alive. He's recuperating and it is terrifying. And, uh, we're all, I think we're all happy that he's, he's, He's going to pull through. Yeah, I mean, it's good. Obviously, it was a very intense bit of news when yeah. it first popped up. It actually popped up as we were recording a podcast. Like at the very yes. end of the podcast, I got a DM from somebody linking that. I was like putzing around while talking to you. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to bring this up in the last five minutes of this podcast. This seems no. like not a correct way to do this. Uh, and uh, yeah, I uh, – I was pretty stunned and I, you know what? I, I feel really good that he is doing well or seems to be doing well. Um, and I'm very hopeful. I'm going to get crass for a second here. Okay. We're not going to see Hawkeye season two anytime soon. No, no, I don't think so. And I mean like, you know, which is like obviously not important. Like that's, that's clearly not important, but, um, I do wonder like if he was supposed to show up in like Thunderbolts or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, but I'm assuming that Renner's going to have at least two solid years of 
rehabilitation in front of him. Yes. Because it sounds pretty fucking gnarly. The reports are back and forth on where, like, where the major injuries are, which led to a lot of speculation online. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a while, I think, before he, he's back up and running and making movies and, and TV shows. But uh, we'll see. Because he's or, also or albums. He's also a, he's a singer, too. Yeah. And he's on a Tyler Sheridan show. Yeah. He's a uh, king of uh, mayor of Kingstown. Yes. King, king, king of Mayorstown. <laughs> Mayor's Town. Yep. Yeah. Which has its second season coming out very soon, or it's out now? It started? I don't know. One or the other. Second season's coming out. They were just advertising it uh, this week on Yellowstone 1923. Yeah, have you watched that? No, I have not. This, I just started Yellowstone season two. So, uh, Well, 1923 is set, obviously, 100 years earlier. So <clears throat> you can feel, I think, like, like I don't know it. if in, if there's stuff in Yellowstone 1923 that references stuff that's in, like, Yellowstone season four. Well, I don't think it could because it takes get place. The connection. It takes well. I'm sure, but when you watch Yellowstone, season I, four, I mean, like, like in a Star Wars, it, it's poetry, it rhymes kind of way. Yeah, but you'll still yeah. get it when you when you get to it in season four. You'll get it. Yeah, that's true. That's Do you know true. what I mean? Like, it's going to still resonate for you. Um, yeah. This the the cliffhanger of last week's episode of Yellowstone 1923 is driven me crazy. And the second we get off this podcast, I have to go watch this week's episode because it was the cliffhanger was nuts. And I really could not tell how things were going to turn out. Like usually I have a good sense, yeah. but between the fact that this is Taylor Sheridan doing the show and between the fact that sometimes doing crazy twists is a good thing to do with a prestige show like this. Um, I just don't know. It just seems pretty bonkers. So uh, I, I recommend it. Harrison Ford's really great. Yeah. He's he's actually exciting. acting and having a nice time. Well, that's exciting. That's When's fun. the last time you saw that? Um, The 90s, probably. I mean, it feels like the 90s, right? Yeah. But he's really having a good time. He's no, really no, wait, enjoying it. that back. He seemed to have a really good time when he went on, um, uh, which talk show was it? On like Steve Carell or well, not Steve Carell, Steve whatever. Like well, yeah, he goes shows where he like goofs around on those. He seems to have a good time. But uh, I mean, acting wise, acting wise, definitely before Air Force One. It's been a mil- million years since yeah. it seems like he's had a good time. So he's Certainly really before Firewall. Remember that movie? And this, yeah, I sure do. I did the junket for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll say that uh, he, it's this, it's a perfect role for him because he gets to be. It's like the Kevin Costner role where he's the sort of shitty patriarch who's mean and you know in one episode he lynches a bunch of guys uh but also he's like the hero and so he's like both mean and the hero and he's like the the mean dad that you've always wanted to have um it's really you know pretty good you know who i've decided needs to be on yellowstone who scott bacula he'd be good on that i need scott bacula to face off against kevin costner doesn't he have a some kind of medical procedural he's on? Crime procedural? Uh, I think he's on one of the CSI shows or something. I think he's on one of the CSI shows, yeah. He'd probably make a yeah. gazillion fucking dollars on that. I'm sure. I mean, he would not return for Quantum Leap. They wanted him to do a cameo, and he said no. Good for him. Yeah. He said, I wish you all the best of luck, but without my buddy Al, I just don't think it's going to work. So, all right, what else we got? Uh, we got... Uh, Variety had another piece about uh, what went down with Black Adam, including uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson trying to hock his uh, tequila 
at the premiere. So, okay, I want to say something. I I was very fascinated by this, right? Somebody in Warner Brothers has got it in for Dwayne Johnson. I mean, that's 100% what this article is. This article is just like what an asshole Dwayne Johnson is. And I think we know who it is. <laughs> who, do you th- who do you think it is? I think it's worse than it is. The two people whose head he went over to, to try and take over DC. I mean, it could be. But the thing is, so the story is that he was trying to get his his tequila – a tequila bar at the Black Adam premiere. And Variety's yeah. like, even though the movie's PG-13. Guess what, guys? Adults been are going to be there. <laughs> I've been to the... I went to the premiere of Star Wars The Force Awakens, a PG-13 movie. Guess what I had at that premiere? Tequila? I had alcohol. They served yeah. alcohol. They had bars. They had multiple they bars. Of course they did. This idea that him serving alcohol at a PG-13 premiere is like beyond the pale is total it, nonsense. It would have been one thing if he was like, I'm coming out with this new product, teen Kila. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. I would get it. So <laughs> uh, we we're no. start selling alcohol to, to teens. I'd be like, okay, that's a problem. But no, yeah, of course there's bars, open bars and stuff at premieres. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm sure on super pets. There was an open bar, you know, like, yeah, I'm not really know. sure that I've ever been to a premiere that did not have a bar. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Do you want to hear that a story? I do not understand why people are like. Do you want to hear a story about the Avengers premiere and the bar? Sure, sure. So the story is that at the Avengers premiere at the after party, uh, Chris Evans, his mom was in town for it, and a bunch of his Boston buddies, and so he took a keg of beer from the after party and brought it back to his hotel room for his mom and his buddies. Very nice. That's the story that I heard. I did not actually see this happen, so I cannot verify that this happened. But that was the story that I was told, that Chris Evans took a keg of beer from the party for his Boston buddies and his mom. Oh, that's very nice. And then that's like such a perfect Chris Evans story. That is. That is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot more. Or not a lot more. There's some more stuff about Dwayne Johnson trying to. Okay, what else we got? What else? What's about Dwayne Johnson? Let's talk about Dwayne Johnson. Oh, I just closed that tab, so that's all I <laughs> Well, uh, he wanted to do like a little mini DC universe of Black Adam and Superman. He wanted to have yeah. intertwining movies leading up to a big confrontation. Yeah. But the thing is, what's really interesting is that you can get a sense of how Dwayne Johnson sees himself because he sees he sees himself as an icon on par with Superman. Because yes. he nobody cares about Black Adam, right? So no. In his head, people want to see Dwayne Johnson fight Superman. Yeah. That's like the vision that he has. And yeah. that's bonkers. And I, th- I think it was – it might have been Paul Shear, It might have been somebody else that pointed out that uh, in Dwayne Johnson's contracts for movies, he has a thing that he can't lose fights. So how do you do a fight between Dwayne Johnson and Superman if Superman has to lose? Like that doesn't make sense. Well, no. Superman can't lose either. So what? Well, classic comic book hero fight. They fight until they decide that they need to team up. They're I both disagree. Like, Superman can lose. DC has allowed Superman to lose, especially like Muhammad Ali beat the shit out of Superman. That's the end of that that story. Is Muhammad Ali wins that fight? Yeah, that. I mean that's true, but I don't think in the movies they're going to let him lose the fight. They're going to fight to a draw and then team up. That's a very standard situation for these kinds of storylines. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like those stories. I love those stories. I like seeing the heroes fight. I like watching them fight. I don't. I don't. I find that kind of boring. It's weird to me that you like comic books because it's like one of the most central. No, that, that, that's of one of the most central Marvel things. And I'm not that as is, big a Marvel as I am. That is DC. A good point. DC heroes rarely fight each other. You that know? is a good point. That's, that's one of the point. biggest problems with 
the Snyder stuff is uh, we're going to have Batman and Superman fight. It's like, fine, I guess, but I prefer it when they just kind of get along and hang out. <laughs> when they have barbecues and play baseball. Exactly. As they yeah. did in the Silver Age. Yeah. They do stuff like that. Or they can't change a tire because Supergirl and, and Batgirl are messing with them in some way. Um, moving on, uh, James Gunn has been, once again, debunking stuff. Uh, there was a report that Wonder Woman would not show up for at least three years during his stuff. He said, no, that's not true. Wonder Woman is very important. Uh, there was a thing that said that he's only got a four-year plan. He said, no, that's not true. It's eight to ten years. Uh, There's a report that some Warner Brothers execs want to keep Ezra Miller, and he said, I don't know about that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he can't say anything about that till after that movie comes out. Yeah, yeah. Because that movie's already in such a weird fucking position as it is. Yeah. Uh, on, on like on, on so many levels, like it's on a weird position because of the Ezra Miller stuff, but also because it's like the last movie in this connected universe that is just like dying well, Aquaman's off. the last movie. Well, this is another thing. He's also said, he's also, I think at this point made very clear, they're not doing a hard reboot. That some stuff is going to stay, some stuff's going to go. It's just a matter of what stays and what goes. Right. You know, so we'll see. We'll see where that goes to. But, uh. And how going back and doing a younger Superman works. I don't know about that, how that works. But we'll see. We shall see. Uh, Gunn also went to Twitter to say that he'd written one-third of an unannounced DC show. So that's exciting. Nobody knows what it is. He just had that working. He is. This this is his full tweet was, my day, my day, consider this a day, wrote one-third of an unannounced DC TV show, Okayed 100 VS BFX shots, did reference acting for Rocket, and gave editing notes for Volume 3, and had two big DC studio meetings. Man, that is a lot. What a day. He must have meant one-third of an episode, right? Like, he's not like, today I wrote four, like three episodes of a TV show, and then did all this other stuff. Yeah, there's no way that he meant that, because that's like 180 pages. <laughs> it's like a yeah. lot of pages. He yeah. might, or he might have outlined them or something. I don't know. That might know. that would make sense if he did like outlines for three episodes, like in-depth outlines, maybe like yeah. 30 pages of outline. Maybe. Even 30 pages. No, that's a lot, yeah. And then 100 VFX shots, reference acting for, for Rocket, notes for volume three, and then two meetings. That's a lot. That's a day. That that's is a, a day. day. That's a heck of a day. Yeah. Take a break. Remember when he said that, that oh, after Guardians 3, I'm going to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, nope, nope, not going to happen. Uh, on the Marvel side of things, Black Panther Wakanda Forever will be coming to Disney Plus on February 1st. All right. Which has weirdly upset people. But, well, why? Because it's longer than the other ones took. It's like, well... I mean, they're Clearly trying to keep they're it in releasing theaters. it for Black History Month. It's Black History Month, but also they're, maybe they're keeping it in theaters for a couple extra weeks. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how much it's making these days. Uh, it's probably not making that much anymore. Um, but it did pretty well, right? Uh, it's the first Marvel sequel to make less than the one before it. But that's almost, I mean, almost yeah. certain. I mean, what are you going to do? It, 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 that doesn't mean it failed. Like, I think it made like $800 million or something like that, right? Yeah, it's something like that. It's probably, it's, uh, uh, it's playing a couple of shows out here in Los Angeles that I could, I could go to right now. It's still in theaters. It's still playing in my local theater. But, I mean, it came in fifth this weekend with $3.3 million, $3.4 million. 
It's at four forty five domestic. Yeah, it's pretty good. Twenty-five worldwide, so it's doing. It's right. pretty good. It's not bad. It's, no, no one's crying over that one. Yeah, that's good. I mean, like, <clears throat> yeah, it's terrific. It's a long mm-hmm. fucking movie too. So I mean, that's the other piece. Like, I'm sure this movie was thirty minutes shorter. It probably would have made more money. And it's not a very happy movie. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of one that you kind of don't want to like go back and rewatch right away. Yeah, no, no, like no one's like, oh yeah, <laughs> like you know, it's good, but it's like that's a little draining. There's there's a lot of funerals in that movie, you know. So keep that in mind. Also, with Black Panther, uh, January 18th begins Wakanda Forever, the official Black Panther podcast. So get ready for that. Is that like a fiction podcast or? Written and hosted by uh, Tanishi Coates. Series features personal stories and intimate conversations with the cast and crew, including Ryan Googler, Letitia Wright, Angela Bassett, uh, Dominique Thorne, Ludwig uh, Gorenson, and others. Good for them. People. That sounds nice. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Kristen Ritter has been setting the, the internet ablaze by showing up in the gym and, and doing Instagram photos of her working out wearing a Daredevil t-shirt, making people think she's going to show up in the Daredevil show. Well, that's on purpose, right? That's not, yeah. like, that's not an accident. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And then following suit was the guy who played Iron Fist doing a, an Instagram picture of him in the gym, and, and he's like, she's not the only one. It's like, nobody cares about you, buddy. <laughs> 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 Nothing personal. But, Finn Jones, sorry, not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so who knows? Maybe Kristen Ritter's going to show up. Who can say? I mean, that would not be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it would not be crazy. But uh, we'll see. Uh, not showing up will be Nick Cage in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse because he was not asked to return. Okay. So, he's very sad about that. Uh, yeah, but you know what? I think I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like they got a gazillion Spider-Men's to go focus on now and expanding the palette. Maybe they might ask him back for the third one. Sure. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I think I have no problem. I don't need Spider-Man more. I'm not going to miss him. No. Although it'd be weird if he's the only one from the first one who doesn't pop back up. That'd be kind of strange. Yeah. But do we know that all the rest of them are popping up? No, we don't. We don't. Yeah, I, I suspect probably most of them don't. Or at least I don't. So somebody does. Somebody yeah. does know. Yeah. And then uh, something I should have done earlier, but it was at the end of my list for some reason. Um, Warner Brothers says that they're done uh, making everybody angry. They're not going to just randomly cancel stuff and pull it from from services anymore. They said that right after they pulled Looney Tunes, right? Yes. Yeah. Although they put out a statement saying that Looney Tunes is not pull forever, that it was like they needed to do something to episodes. No, that was not. That was not true. That, that was, was like not true. Random, that was fake. No. Yeah, that was some like random cartoon news place was like, we've been told that it's because they needed to update the Photoshop or something. And then in, in Variety or Hollywood Reporter, they're like, no, we, we pulled them because we're going to put them back into syndication. <laughs> so. and, it, and it's half the, the Looney Tunes episodes is what they pulled. Yeah. So half stay on on HBO Max, half go into syndication elsewhere. All right. So, there you go. But uh, they say they're done with that. There's no more cutting. And, we'll uh, see. I don't um, trust these guys. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what they do. They said they had to deal with the excess spending that came with the streaming service. And they've done that. 
All right. What else? Which is got? true. There was quite a bit of spending. Um, well, that was the nature of the whole uh, streaming revolution was just throwing money at it and hoping yep. then that somehow it would make money for you. Yes. Turns out not so much. Not so much. Uh, and that's it. That's all the news. That's all I got. That sounds like a good that sounds like a good batch of news. I think so. It's a fair amount. Nobody can uh, complain. Is it is this thing I read about the title of Deadpool 3 is that correct? And that that it's Wolverine and Deadpool? Yeah. I have a feeling that that's the beginning of a long-running gag that they're going to do. That feels that way, right? Yeah, where he'll uh, uh, Hugh Jackman will say Wolverine and Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds will say Deadpool and Wolverine. And then sooner or later, an actual title will be revealed. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, I mean, that makes that makes the most sense to me because obviously they love doing bits. Um, I have heard a rumor uh, on this on, on Reddit. I didn't make this up, but that what if season two is pushed to next year? Uh, I saw that as well. Yeah, but it was just a rumor. I didn't want to spread rumors. I'm okay with it, baby. <laughs> Push it. Push it to 2025. I don't care. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm totally, totally okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, fans are mad about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Because it's too short? It's too short. Yep, that's the world uh, we live in. I don't know if this is true. Fandango has it listed at 125 minutes. That is, Fandango has it listed. I don't know if that's actually the length of the movie. They're doing reshoots like right now. Like they're yes. currently doing uh, standard reshoots, nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, so let's just assume that it's 125 minutes. People are upset about that. It's crazy to me. Yeah. An Ant-Man movie, frankly, should not be breaking the two hour. And at 125, that's with credits. So um, it should not be breaking the two hour mark. I have this yeah. wild idea that movies should be as long as they need to be. Well, I, they they should be as long as they need to be, but they should also be as short as they can be. Yes. Yes. That's the thing. So, you know, I mean, Roger Ebert once famously said, I've never watched a great movie and thought it was too long and never watched a bad movie and thought it was too short, right? Yeah. Uh, so obviously runtime is not the key. However, I think that we've seen a couple of movies in the last few years that are a little bit long and that maybe when you think about it, you go, why would they have just cut some of this movie? Just trimmed Batman. it a little bit. This might have been a much better movie. Which one did you just Batman. say? Batman. I mean, Batman, that wouldn't hurt to cut some of the Batman, right? That's, nope. that's a very it long It needed to be three hours, right? Like, like, that was a little long. A little long, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've seen a number of movies in the past couple of years where I'm like, well, this was a good movie, but boy... There's a version of this with 20 minutes cut out that is a fucking crackerjack, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, good. 125 minutes. That's exactly yeah, what I want an Ant-Man movie to be. Yeah. I see it at AMC, so it's, a, it's actually going to be four and a half hours anyway with the trailers. There you go. Exactly. So. Yeah. Also, I, I didn't bring this up, but I thought it was funny that there's now a movement on Twitter. Hashtag sell the Snyderverse to Netflix. I don't know who... Th- they think why Netflix would want to buy it is beyond me. I'm not sure why Warner Brothers would want to sell the rights to Superman or Batman. <laughs> yes, I mean none of it makes sense. Yeah, but, the yeah. the Snyder guys they've gotten like really demented. They are really the post gun era. Yes, yeah, yeah. 
it was quite sickening to see like people responding to James Gunn uh, tweeting like hopes and prayers for Jeremy Renner and people being like, 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 like you killed Superman. What do you care about Renner? And it's like, guys, our hopes and prayers are for Henry Cavill. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh. God. Yeah, it's they're, they're they've. I mean, like they always were obviously demented, but they've gotten really demented. And I think it's because they don't have that QAnon thing. You know, the Snyder thing had the QAnon aspect where it was always a a, a date was coming where yeah. uh, where all wrongs would be righted. Yeah, and it has now become quite clear that date is never coming. And so this is also happening to QAnon people who have become to get really disillusioned by the fact that the storm is obviously never coming. Um, it didn't happen. That guy is not JFK Jr. Uh, that guy is not JFK Jr. Come back from the dead. Uh, they all believe they believe that JFK is alive too. By the way, I'm sorry. What they believe that JFK is alive? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's crazy because he's like a hundred years old, but they believe he's alive. Yeah, they they they, they honestly do. Uh, that JFK huh. Jr. and JFK Senior are both alive. Um, yeah. well, but so that's go. the thing. Once you take away what, that, what are they doing all this time? They're behind the scenes getting ready for the storm. Which is when they're going to arrest all of the pedophiles and do uh, – they're going to take over the airwaves and they're going to have live televised tribunals 24-7 of people like Hillary Clinton and Bill Gates. <laughs> with with like, like a television year old JFK sitting in like a Christopher Pike chair. I mean, <laughs> like yeah, on it. pretty much. That's the vision. <laughs> but yeah, once wow. you take away the, the date, things get like there's like two things that happen like and this happens with every end of the world cult yes two things happen is that either people just walk away and they go well i guess that was a waste of time or they double down in a truly demented fashion and like do murder suicides yes. and i'm not saying that that's going to happen from the snyder people but that's like you know that's how what happens a lot of times in these apocalyptic cults and the idea of having a date that you're looking forward to that doesn't happen um the psychology is similar so they are doubling down on being a little bit weird yeah, well, there you go. I can't believe JFK is still alive. I'm I mean, what a shock. What a shock to find out today on, the, on this podcast that JFK is, in fact, alive. My world uh, is yeah. shook. <laughs> it is amazing. Good for him. That was some good effects they did back in the day. I've watched that video. It looked very real to me. Uh, Yeah. All right. Are we ready to talk about the next episode of X-Men? The Oh, no, we have to do fucking trivia. Trivia. There's like a hundred episodes of this show, and I still haven't <laughs> figured the format out. <laughs> One day we'll get it right. One day I'll figure it out. Yeah. Who was killed by Loki in the Avengers? Uh, Agent Coulson. Agent Coulson. Who is Black Panther's sister? Shuri. Yeah. What landmark does Peter Parker, excuse me, what landmark does Peter Parker rescue his classmates from in Spider-Man Homecoming? Uh, the uh, Washington Monument. There you go. Look at me. Well done. All right. Now are you ready for the next episode of X-Men the Animated Series? Yes. Let's do it. Series season one, episode 11. Days of Future Past, part one. Uh, this app opens with a Planet of the Apes riff, yes, with the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, that's like the um, 
ever since Planet of the Apes, that's like the easiest way to tell somebody they're in a dystopian future yes. is that the Statue of Liberty shows up destroyed. Yes. Uh, and it very Maybe something I really like here, by the that? way, is it's a shot of the Statue of Liberty and then it looks like a tear a tear starts to fall down the Statue yeah. of Liberty's eye, but then it flies off and it's a bird. I was like, oh, that's really well done. Yeah, they did some nice, they did some interesting stuff in this episode. Yeah. We learn it's the year 2055. And uh, we see that New York City is in ruins. And uh, there's a sewer grate with the word X-Men carved against it. And uh, we'll, uh, a couple of people come out of the sewer. Um, one of them is Wolverine. Old man Logan. Old man Logan. A lot of big yeah. hair. Big hair on his head. So this episode's called Days of Future Past, but it takes elements of the Days of Future Past storyline. Yeah. And then mixes it with elements of another storyline. Um, sort of creating a weird hybrid of these two different stories. Yes. <clears throat> I'm, 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 it's very curious to me. Like, it's an interesting decision they made. I agree. I, I, I think, I think it's an interesting path to go because they obviously, they have not set up all the characters from days of future past. So they, they go in a different direction that way. But you don't even need then, to. I think what's really interesting to me is that in the original Days of Future Past, um, the gimmick is that Kitty Pride comes back in time. Um, for, for her mind goes back in time to her younger self. Yeah. And obviously you could just do that with, with Jubilee. Wolverine. Or with Jubilee. Yeah. They do that with Wolverine in the movie. In the movie, yeah. But here you could do it with Jubilee. And I, it's interesting to me because Jubilee doesn't ever get to do anything in the show. No. And so, Including this episode. Until this episode, she just gets beat up. And so it's interesting they chose not to let Jubilee have the Kitty Pride role. <laughs> more, more so in this, they make it very clear that Jubilee is the first X-Men to die. <laughs> she definitely is the first X-Men to die. <laughs> oh, no, no. I take that back. Storm is. Storm died in 2021. And I was like, oh, COVID. No, no. Um, Jubilee dies in 2010. Oh, that's right. Jubilee is 2010. Yeah. So she's earlier. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There, there you um, go. And, uh, but the, the storyline is similar, which is the assassination attempt. That's the element. The, the big difference is Bishop who has his own time traveling origin in the comics. Um, days of future past is obviously like maybe one of the top five most influential comic book stories of all time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like for every sure. comic book keeps doing the story like endlessly. Like I, I, I don't think this story happened that often before days of future past. I mean, I'm sure it did. I'm sure. Uh, my buddy Todd can tell us some issue of Superman from like the fifties where well, Superman so, comes back in time because there's some problem in the future. But, but well, Superman has, in there the is a great has, story. There is a great Superman story where Superman travels back in time and goes to Krypton to make sure his parents meet much like back to the future. <laughs> and uh, it really is like back to the future. Like he goes back there and he, something happens where they're not going to get together. Now he's like, I got to make sure they get together. And his way of getting them together is to kill the man that, that his mom is with. Well, you know, you got to do traps him on a rock with kryptonite or something like that. If I remember correctly and kills him. Well, so, so in, the, in the fifties, Superman had a lot of imaginary stories. Uh, so in many ways, Days of Future Past is an imaginary story. It's a future wherein after the assassination of, uh, what's his name? Robert, uh, Kelly, Kelly, um, the government cracks out on mutants and it becomes this hellhole uh, where mutants are kept in concentration camps and hunted down by sentinels and killed. Um, and then Kitty Pryde goes back in time to stop the assassinations and thus make that future never come to pass. But that premise 
of a dystopian future where we get to see our beloved heroes die and or be fucked up. I mean, yeah. it's a thing that the X-Men comics do like a hundred more times. Yeah, Age of Ultra or Age of Apocalypse, right? There's an Age of Ultron. The original Age of Ultron story is the same story, by the way, which yeah. is that Ultron takes over the Earth. Um, and But this has become maybe one of the most popular comic book storylines of all time. Do you know how it came to pass? Uh, I do not. So uh, John Byrne wanted to do a Sentinel story and uh, Chris Claremont just didn't want to do it. He didn't, he was not interested. So he said, John, just, just write it. And so John Byrne <laughs> came up with the story wow. uh, that Chris Claremont was not super interested in doing. Uh, I mean, I'm sure wow. they worked together once the thing actually got rolling, but. Uh, well, this I was John Byrne's last X-Men story, wasn't it? I don't remember. I think so. I think he left after this to go do Fantastic Four. It might have been. Uh, he came back to X-Men in a wild connection to this episode. Yes. He created Bishop. Yeah, yeah. So after after Chris Claremont left X-Men, the book was like in the lurch for a minute, and they brought back John Byrne, and John Byrne created Bishop with... Uh, Wait, what's really? Name? Wait, did I? Yeah, I don't think yeah I that. seriously. I thought it, Bishop was around before Claremont left. No, Bishop came out in 1991 or early 1992, and Claremont left in the middle of a storyline in uh, 1991. Yeah. Well, he kind of got fired. It's Wills Portacio and John Byrne. I, I don't know that he got fired. It's like hard. I don't really know the whole story. So the deal is that obviously Chris Claremont is, I mean, like, again, like this is a top five influential comic book storyline. He's a top five all-time comic book writer. Like there's like. The, the X-Men are famous because of. Uh, Chris Claremont. But also I think that the entire general direction of how comic book storytelling between this, between Chris Claremont's run on X-Men and like Teen Titans in the 80s, yeah. Yeah. I think the entire direction of storytelling in comics changed. Yeah. Now, it might have been happening anyway because those British invasion guys came along and did all that shit. But I also suspect those British invasion guys were really heavily influenced by some of this stuff. And I mean, they, they, they both Claremont and Wolfman and, uh, on on Teen Titans were before the British invasion started. Right, that's what I'm saying. And then, now, I yeah. think that those guys probably were familiar with this work. And I think and also, they, they, they opened Legion the door of for them. was doing this as well at this time. Legion of Superheroes had moved into this format of like long form storytelling by this point because it was Jim Shooter, right? It was so. the long form storytelling, but also there's like a level of um, of angst and 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 drama. Yeah. And world shattering reveals that I yeah. think really define superhero comics going forward. But so he, you know, was on X-Men forever. I mean, like he was on X-Men for like 20 something years. And then over time, despite being this guy who uh, his name was synonymous with the X-Men, he kept getting overruled by Bob Harris the editor yep. on the X-Men comics. Bob Harris kept saying, no, I don't want to do that. Or no, you got to do it this way. Well, and, because it was what Jim Lee wanted to do. Jim Lee and, became the the star because Jim Lee had become yeah. a huge sensation. And the, yeah. the according to what I read, and there's a lot of different versions, right? So some versions he gets fired, some versions he leaves. The version I read that he leaves, this is from a New York New Yorker article when um, the X-Men movie came out, um, that he wanted, that Bob Harris is like, when we launch the new X-Men comic, because they were launching this, this X-Men spinoff, the first X-Men spinoff. Yeah. Which, by the way, that first issue still is the highest selling comic book of all time. Eight million copies I, sold. I question that. I, well, no, they definitely was. No, they they but they don't know sales numbers for Golden Age books. They don't. Have I don't think any Golden Age book was topping eight million copies. I don't know. 
know. They were definitely topping a million copies, but eight million copies, I think, is way above. I think that you would it would be more clear if they were topping 8 million copies. Um, now nobody bought the comic. Don't get me wrong. Like the, the 8 million copies got ordered by comic book stores yeah. and then it filled the bins forever. You could buy it for yeah, a quarter. You, like two months later, you could buy it in the 50 cent bin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, in this, Bob Harris said, you got to bring back professor X and Claremont's like, no, I'm not bringing back professor X. And Bob Harris is like, no, you have to, he's the guy who tells the story of the X-Men and Chris Claremont's like, fuck you. I'm out of here. And he yes. left in the middle of a fucking storyline. Yep. The Muir Island saga, he left right in the middle. I remember reading yeah. these comics as it happened, and it's like unreal to think that maybe the most influential X-Men writer just pieced out in the middle of a storyline. There's not like an issue where it's like Chris Claremont's final issue or whatever. It's just no, like, he, it was literally he did X-Men number one, and then the his name X-Men, was not on X. He did one through three, and then number four, his name's just not on it. He's just gone. There wasn't even like a little thing in the letters page of like, Chris, Chris is gone. Like, totally crazy. Yeah. Totally crazy. I mean, yeah. like just absolutely insane. And what's um, great is like two months later, Jim Lee leaves to go form image. So good work there, Bob Harris. Great. And work. then Chris Claremont eventually came back and did X-Men stuff. Um, yeah. So like he's not, he didn't leave X-Men forever and ever and ever. No. But after he left, they brought Byrne back to help write a couple issues. And Bishop is one of the characters he created. Yeah. He might, Bishop might be the first post Claremont iconic X-Men. Yeah, probably. Like, I really think that's the deal. And it's like wild that fucking Byrne comes back. Now, to be very fair also, by the way, Byrne came back to write this and Will Spartacio was the artist. I think Will Spartacio really probably created Bishop. Yeah. If we're being really honest, like it's probably, it's obviously his design is so clearly 1991 uh, image. It, 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 it's, it's the Rob Liefeld, Scott Lobdell thing where it's like Liefeld created Deadpool, but Lobdell's name, name, Lobdell's name gets put on it because he wrote the the issue, right? So Yeah, and and so I'm okay sure Byrne obviously had some hand in it, but I, I suspect John Byrne's not looking at Bishop and going, that's my baby. Yeah. I suspect, I don't know, maybe. I, maybe I, somebody... I suspect he was like, these young kids, I hate them so much. <laughs> <laughs> Did you Since ever used to go to the John Byrne message board? I never went to the John Byrne message board. No, it was. Great. I used to follow the guy on Twitter who would like put up stuff from the John Byrne message board and then put up a whole thing about how the John Byrne message board was ruining his life. And he had to, he had to quit. <laughs> John Byrne message board. So crazy. He was so angry all the time. He would ban people all the time, which as he should, it's his message board. It's the fucking John yeah. Byrne message board. He should, he should yeah. rule it like a, like a fickle King. Uh, like but he really just had uh, a lot to say. Yes. Yeah, he was a very angry guy. Did you buy John guy. Burns Star Trek photo comics? No. They're really no. fascinating. I bought some of them. They are terrible to look at. I know that much. They're really interesting. I think what's really fascinating is I think that John Byrne was ahead of the curve on AI art. You think so? Yeah, I know. In terms of how that stuff looks, like. Yeah. Um, the molding of different melding of different things together and different elements. Like he would cut like a frame of captain Kirk and put it on a, his head and then put yeah. it on a body from another frame to like get the pose that he wanted. Yeah. And there's something both stiff and it's like a magpie thing. That's all different pieces coming together. That really reminds me a lot of what AI art looks like. Um, okay. I was very fascinated by it. Yeah. I did not buy it. And they're just like really boring Star Trek stories. They're not like killer stories. They're like, they're fine. They're fine. You know, they're not like, yeah, 
but he's not like reinventing Star Trek in any kind of meaningful way. Yeah, he's just telling a story set in the 66 timeline, right? Yeah, like, just so telling stories set in that and like stories that are not going to make any kind of significant waves. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he does. Uh, anyway, uh, that might be our first diversion uh, from the main story that actually was related to the main thing, as opposed to us just suddenly diving into discussion of Yellowstone out of nowhere. <laughs> I could keep going on that diversion too, because we didn't even touch on Louis Simonson, who also was unceremoniously unceremoniously let go from the X Men books, or the Bob well, Harris Mark Wade stuff, which I find what's endlessly. The Bob Harris Mark Wade stuff. Mark Wade refuses to work with the company if Bob Harris is is part of that company. Man, Bob Harris doing it. Yeah, like he will wow. not. He would not. I guess Bob Harris, I believe, has retired, but uh, Mark Wade left. Marvel when because of Bob Harris. And then when Bob Harris moved to DC, Mark Wade was like, I'm out. <laughs> and he went back to Marvel. And now he's back at DC and doing stuff for Marvel as well, because I believe Bob Harris is not with anybody anymore. You know, Chris Claremont's a really good um example of everybody who thinks that they're the most progressive today should be very aware that in a few years they're not going to be very progressive. And I don't mean they're yes. and they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna change. No. The, the world's gonna change. So Chris Claremont. I've been rereading Chris Claremont's X-Men run from the start. There's and a great Chris Claremont documentary, by the way, that I believe is still on Amazon Prime. So I've been reading it since the start, and it's like really progressive. It's like crazy progressive. This is a, I, I posted this on Twitter. There's a story where Storm goes to Harlem to find the uh, the house where she was born in, and um, she finds that it's all junkies, and they try to mug her, which is obviously a terrible fucking idea. And um, Luke Cage happens by and uh, they have a conversation where Luke Cage is like, this is because society doesn't care about these kids. They'd rather put these 13 year olds in jail than give these 13 year olds the things they need to thrive. And that's just like a modern anti-carceral, you know, social justice position, like 100 percent. And this had the whole thing with X-Men. The X-Men is so diverse in under Claremont. It's like it's, it's like effortlessly diverse. Yep. Um, he understands that it's more fun when it's diverse, when all the characters are really different. That's the most fun that it can be. Yes. Um, but then a couple of years ago, he was at a convention and he was saying shit that like fucking people tried to cancel him over. Um, and it was stuff that probably wouldn't have been nuts 30 years ago. Yes. But uh, these days is stuff that you that is just not doesn't fly anymore. No. Uh, no. And. uh yeah, so I, you know, I, it's kind of fascinating to me because I don't think Chris Claremont changed. I don't think Chris Claremont suddenly became a fucking conservative. It's the pictures that got small. It's the pictures that got small. No, the world changed around him, and he just stayed where he was. Yeah. And all of a yeah. sudden, where he was was not the right place to be. Well, he was progressive, so he didn't see a need to change. Right. And then one day he wasn't progressive anymore, and he didn't see a need to change. But this is the the lesson that everybody needs to take, which is that you can be very progressive today, but eventually the world is going to move beyond you. There's a couple people who keep up every now and again, you'll find somebody who keeps up their whole life, but it's not, yeah. most people don't. I saw the other day or today, maybe yesterday. I can't remember, but I saw an argument on Twitter of people discussing if the X-Men are too progressive right now, if they're too woke, the it's comics. Cra- I mean, it's crazy. There's just no, it's just nuts. Well, but, but somebody was like, look, man, you know, they, they, the X-Men have been woke forever go back and read the claremont stuff and somebody's like i don't remember claremont having transgender orgies in the middle of the comics and i want to be like my man uh go look at like the whole hellfire club yeah, <laughs> like, 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 what do you think that was no yeah he has like a lot of like uh very edgy sexual stuff that um he presents i there's a really good podcast called cerebro 
which is uh, this guy has uh, comics people on and they just talk about one X-Men character for like three hours. And I've listened to a few episodes, but I've never. It's like it's an investment because it's like one of our podcasts. Like you really got to fucking sit down for it. Yeah. Um, But one of the things that I one of these episodes was somebody was talking about, like the stuff that Chris Claremont talks about in these comics and then writes about. He's not writing about them from a purely. uh, uh, pervy point of view. It isn't just to be sexy. Yeah. Um, you get the sense that maybe Claremont had experience in those worlds of like BDSM and like alternative sexuality that he maybe had some experience in that because yes. it doesn't just come across as a guy being like, oh yeah, hot girls. Um, it comes across well, like uh, very different. Again, I strongly recommend the Chris Claremont documentary that I believe is on, still on that. On does Amazon he do, Prime. does he talk about being into BDSM? It kind of skirt around some stuff where he's like, you know, I was a, a teen in, in London. <laughs> like he was like, there's a lot of clubs. I went to a lot of places that uh, people would be surprised by and <laughs> did a lot of stuff. And it's like, yeah. Oh. And, you know, remember Chris Claremont wanted um, Mystique to be Wolver- uh, Nightcrawler's father. Yep. So he did have a transgender character. Yeah. Like 100%. That was his vision of Mystique is that Mystique was genderless and thus would go between genders. Which boy um, are people really angry about Joker being pregnant right now? So how, that. wait, Joker's pregnant? Yes. What? How? There's. A, I have not read the story, but there's like a backup story running through uh, some of the comics, some of the Batman comics, apparently, where Joker is pregnant. And apparently, if you read it, it's very clear that this is like a dream that Joker's having. And uh, uh, but people are very upset about it online, and they're like, "This is James Gunn's doing." It's like, I first off, it's definitely not James Gunn's doing, and second off. It's really not even that weird of a story for comic books that the Joker could be pregnant. Well, I was and thinking maybe it's a dream sequence or something. Uh, I was thinking maybe because he's the Joker, he could be having a hysterical pregnancy. That's very possible. Who knows? Right? I have like not a, read it. That's yeah. a medical condition, hysterical yeah. pregnancy. Yeah, um, that would work very well. That would be very funny. Like if he like convinced his body that he was pregnant because he's just so nutty. Yeah, but people are very upset about it. Online. Of course they are. It is shocking that the Joker's pregnant, though. It is shocking. When I first heard it, I was like, whoa, what is going on? Do you know what? It's not that shocking. No? No, actually, it is that shocking. Uh, it was Robin who laid an egg. Uh, the Joker oh, he got gives birth. He gave birth, apparently. Um, to a handsome baby. So Wolverine and these two mutants uh, get into a battle with some uh, sentinels. And we have a sentinel action sequence. It's pretty good. Wolverine chopping guys up and shit like that. I like then, that one guy who just runs at them like like a kid playing Superman. Yeah, what is his, his deal? Like, his arms, his arms glow. I don't. I, I'm not really 100 yeah. percent sure what these guys' deal are. Yeah. Um, they uh, they then meet Bishop, and yes. Bishop captures them. Yeah. Turns out that Bishop works for the Sentinels. Bishop Bishop is a tracker, and uh, his deal is to round up mutant rebels. And he has this conversation with Wolverine. He has Wolverine inside a electrified net. On as a, on the sidecar of his motorcycle. By the way, Bishop shows up and he has like weird cowboy music. The, the, I have that in my notes. Like, what is up with Bishop's theme song? It's so like, weird. Like, like somebody, like who, I don't know who does the music for the show, but clearly they like saw a picture of Bishop and was like, well, he's wearing a he's wearing like a bandana. Little bandana. So I guess he's a cowboy kind of guy. I mean, if he's a cowboy, yeah. he's cowboy Curtis from Pee Wee's from Pee Wee's Playhouse. I mean, like he's like a he's a 
he's a 21st century uh, black guy covered in ammunition and they do the cowboy it's very strange i yeah. honestly don't get it no um but uh he has this conversation with wolverine where he's like you know you rebels you fuck everything up he's like well you could be like me i'm a good mutant and uh, they pay me and everything's really happy and they're going to now they're going to kill you, though. You're going to be exterminated. And they get to the extermination center and uh, he shows his ID card, which includes him spinning in circles. He does. Uh, his- <laughs> Is that he holds it up. The Sentinel like scans it and then a little hologram of him appears. And it's like he's right there. It's augmented reality. Well, it's like yeah. it's like your it's like your li- license photo. You're right there, but you need that license photo. to. That's um, true. Yeah. But they need to they need to verify that ass. That's why yes, he spins in circles. Yep. Do you yep. see this guy's fucking legs, by the way? Yeah, he's got weird legs. <laughs> Crazy as fucking. I'm trying to figure out if he's supposed to look like those old school like 20s pilots pants. He's got like weird. Like, he has he has uh, as as Brittany said, he has jodiper muscles. Like his <laughs> muscles are are shaped like 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 those pants. It's crazy. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. There is a scene where he's getting on a bus later on, and his his thighs are just insane looking. They are wild. <laughs> Cracking walnuts with those thighs. <laughs> really, something else, man. Uh, so the Sentinels are like, ah, we decided we're going to kill you anyway. And so Wolverine's like, how's that retirement package, bub? And uh, so now they all have to work together to uh, get away from these Sentinels that want to kill all of them. Things are yep. not going well. And the thing is that um, Nimrod shows up. Nimrod from the comics. You know what's funny is that Nimrod has from become the Bible. Like, it's from the Bible, but it's, it does not mean dumb. No, n- now it does, though. Because Bugs of, Bunny, uh, Bugs uh, Bunny Bugs did Bunny. it. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's wild. You know, when I was a kid reading the comics, I didn't know that. So I just thought he Nimrod meant dumb. And I was like, what a weird thing to name, like, the most powerful sentinel is dummy. <laughs> so I was very confused by that until I learned the truth, what, that Nimrod is a biblical thing. For 2,000 or maybe 3,000 years. Nimrod is a great hunter in Genesis. Yeah. Yep. Fucking Bugs Bunny shows up. <laughs> Call, calls Elmer Fudd Nimrod, and that's the end of that. But once you realize what Nimrod means, yep. it's he's obviously being just sarcastic. Yeah, it's a great takedown. Yeah. But then it evolves that now we just call people Nimrod. Yeah. I, maybe do people still do that? Do they still call folks Nimrod? I don't know. Is that still- I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's just like so weird to me that Bugs Bunny could personally undo 3,000 years of biblical mythology. Yeah. <laughs> Truly crazy. Yeah. That's the power. <laughs> that's the power of animation. Uh, Wolverine wants to go fight, but then one of the mutants he's with reminds him there's a, they're on a mission. So yep. uh, Wolverine has to go peel off to go on the mission. A bishop comes with him. And um, they, go to, um, they go to Forge's house. Yes, that was very exciting. How old do you think Forge is? Pretty old looking. This is 2055. Yep. Which means that it is 60 years from the events of this cartoon. Yep. How old do you think Forge is in the present day? Well, we haven't seen Forge in present day. We haven't seen Forge in present day. I'm trying to figure it out. Who knows in, the if comics, we ever do. in the comics, he's a Vietnam vet. Yes. Although I'm sure now he's dead. Whatever fake war they made up that right? they made up a uh, Sino something or other. Uh, yeah. yeah, they made up a country. Yeah. We talked about that in this podcast, right? That crazy story that I they think came up did. with. Yeah, that uh, to get around that the Punisher can't be in the Vietnam War, they had to create a fake country and a fake war. 
Well, they got yeah. around to the point where Punisher couldn't be in the Vietnam War, and then like Flash Thompson could not have gone, or um, Eddie Brock could not have gone to Afghanistan. Like they have like outlived Afghanistan, they've outlived Vietnam, yeah. so yeah. they made up a fake country, and then they created the story, truly an insane story, that a cosmic being on the run came to Earth and is hiding out as this fake country, and it created uh, a retcon on Earth. So all those stories did take place the way that they're told, except that then when that alien came and created this fake country, that itself is the fake country, um, it also created a, a time-space retcon. That's overly complicated. They just did this in a toss-off. Um, yeah. This would have been a, a two-year DC storyline. They would, I mean, they would have reset the entire universe. And then the entire universe three just years later, figure out. Yeah, three years later, they'd be like, oh, we forgot to update the Legion. <laughs> How does this affect the Legion of Superheroes a thousand years from now? So they go to Forge's house, and, you know, as sometimes will happen, Forge happens to have a time portal in his house. Yes. Um, although, if anybody's going to have a time portal, it's going to be It Forge. would be Forge. Yeah, he's the right guy for it. Forge, one of my favorite characters from the comics, his mutant power is that he can build anything. Yes. Uh, he's got a power of super invention. Yes. Uh, and he's a Ron Swanson. It basically, he just uses it to make big guns a lot of the time. Yeah, really small vision for Forge. He, he uses it to build things to pine over Storm. That's he, what he, does. he has a, a rocky relationship with Storm. Yeah. Um, they're a good couple, though. I thought, always thought Storm and Forge. They're both, they're both that, very serious. That, that, that two-part story of theirs I, by, with Barry Windsor Smith, I always loved. It's yeah. a great story. Yeah. Um, so they go to Forge's house and Forge says, okay, we're going to go back in time. We have to stop the assassination. And I like the writing in this sequence because everybody's like the assassination of yes, him. <laughs> no, no, at one point they said the assassination of the nineties. And, and I was like, he assassinated an entire decade. That's why they had that song on Portlandia. The dream of the nineties is alive because <laughs> to, because the assassination of the nineties almost happened. Yep. I guess so. Yeah. But it's really good because they all know who, both who was killed and who killed him, yes. but they they never say it. Like and and, no. and 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 like I get that because like when you're talking about historical stuff that everybody knows, sometimes you don't always explicitly say the thing. But they are really talking around it like in a well, very it's, extreme it's fashion. When when, when uh, uh, like Bishop is like like you're telling me you're going to go back in time and stop, and Wolverine's like I know who I have to stop. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's my least favorite form of writing for TV shows. But it's very funny here. Like, it's like very hilarious. As many things on this show are, it's very yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Um. So uh, Wolverine's going to go. But yes, as Bishop points out that whoever they have to stop is somebody who Wolverine really likes, I guess. And so he may not be able to do what he has to do, which is kill this guy. So Bishop, who they just met a minute ago when he left his who job. Who a minute ago was trying mutants. to murder them. Yeah. He just, he just left his job hunting mutants. He really lands on his feet in terms of jobs. Yeah, he falls right into it. He's so good for him. finds his next career immediately. Yeah. Uh, he's going to go back in time instead because he he actually can kill whoever this person is. Yeah. And when the reveal. And then Forge is like, Wolverine, he's right. He should go. You're too old. And Wolverine's like, that hurts, dude. <laughs> That really hurt. Well, that really is hurtful. Uh, yeah. Wolverine's 200 years old around at this point. Yeah, he's been around for a while. Uh, so um, Nimrod shows up and busts into the Forge house, and uh, Bishop jumps into the time portal. The funniest way to do time travel I've ever seen. <laughs> he just hangs, it looks like, like he slammed into a wall. 
It reminded me of like uh, 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 the uh, Letterman show when they would well, do the, the Velcro suit. The Velcro yeah. suit. Yeah, I, you know, I saw him do that live at, a, at an anniversary show. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's what it's like. It's like the Letterman Velcro suit. So yeah. fucking funny. And then uh, he just stuck it for a while. And he's like, uh, is this thing going to work? <laughs> like, I'm just kind of stuck here. What's going on? Yeah, he isn't like phasing through time. He's just hanging there and like he's aware of Nimrod coming for him. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. very funny. Um, he goes through just in time. Nimrod um, may- maybe kills Wolverine and Forge uh, and jumps through the time transporter himself. Bishop shows up in a, in a, a slum. I'm very confused about where Bishop shows up. In the city. He shows up. Well, he shows up in the city, but it's all destroyed. And and he's like, oh, I'm still. Uh, it didn't work. I only like went like a block or whatever, right? But there's like uh, skyscrapers where you can see like the tops of the skyscrapers are broken off. Well, what is going on in this city? That this that's a problem when they fight Nimrod later on too. Like all of a sudden, yeah. the skyscrapers around them are all destroyed. I was like, wait, did I miss a bit where they went into the future? Like, what just happened? Like I was trying to figure it out in in my mind. I was like, this must be the area where they fought Juggernaut like a, a couple of weeks ago, and it's still just messed up. That's well, I'm gonna have to go with that. That's because otherwise, it's real weird that just skyscrapers are collapsing around them, and nobody seems concerned about this. There's just kids playing in the street where skyscrapers are falling down. It is that's really weird. weird. I really don't understand it yeah. um i'm i'm like, at- like, like smaller buildings i could buy into of like oh it's you know that late 70s early 80s new york look that they're going for you know it was gone by the time this cartoon came by but like i get what they're going with right like that format but no skyscrapers so i don't know what they were going for yeah i don't really understand it yeah. Um, I think it's just that they didn't have models of other cities to give the animators for this episode. So the animators just use the models that they had. Um, Bishop has shows up. He thinks he's in still in the future, but then he walks down the street and sees kids playing in daylight and realizes that he is in fact in the past. Um, I do like when he says, I can't take the subway. It's like, there's no way the subway is running in that 2050. There's no way. The whole city is destroyed. My favorite part is he's walking down the street and he comes across a newspaper kiosk and he looks at the newspaper and he goes, Monday. (laughs) I was like, oh boy, Monday. Well, here's one thing. There was a deleted scene I found online where we see that in 2050, the president is Garfield the cat and he's outlawed Mondays. (laughs) He's outlawed Mondays. (laughs) He's shocked to see Mondays exist. Um, He, but the problem is. He goes, Monday, 1990. (laughs) (laughs) he um he realizes though he can't remember why he's there he knows he knows he's there for a reason but he cannot fucking remember for the life of him what he's supposed to do he watches the x-men tv show on his on his wrist phone (laughs) which was very interesting what is that like what's happening no idea i guess he's watching a documentary about the x-men i have no idea it's like so weird because then it has like a fucking like home screen that says x-men dead or alive yeah like, is that just telling him how to bring them in? I don't like, I legitimately don't I have understand. No idea. I have no idea. But it's a really cool sequence, though. When he's watching the yeah. TV show, um, it's like a really cool montage of X Men action shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was very like, cool. Really nicely done. Yeah. Um, And so he is cowering in a building, cowering, because he can't remember why he's here. And then two kids walk by, and one kid says, 
we're going to go home and play with your new cartridge, which nobody's ever said that. And yep. the other kid goes, yeah, it's assassins. And we see this, the, the Punisher. Punisher. Yeah. It's the Punisher. The Punisher. It's marbles. Marbles assassin is what it says. Marbles. <laughs> and when he hears assassins, he knows, you know, that makes me think of, makes me think of sitting on the edge of forever when bones gets high oh, yep. and yep. he goes, assassins, killers. Assassins. <laughs> yeah. He turns into Captain Haddock from uh, Tintin. So um, the bishop knows what he has to do. And what he has to do is take the bus. So yes. he, <laughs> in like one of the better moments in the show, he goes with his big fucking gun and gets on the bus. And then they cut to the outside of the bus and everybody running off the bus. Very funny <laughs> moment. Really well yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, him and being they, uh, able to, to drive the bus. I yeah. They do like, well. they do pretty good fish out of water jokes without yeah. really like going too heavy on them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciated that. But his uh, his his wrist radio, uh, his Dick Tracy wrist wrist radio can tell him his Apple Watch can tell him where he has to go, and he follows the directions to uh, the X Men mansion. Meanwhile, elsewhere in this episode, for no good reason, we have uh, Beast show up. Yeah, uh, Rogue and Gambit are visiting Beast in prison. Not really clear why. No. And apparently they're doing it secretly because they're in the cell with him. And then we see they don't call the guards to come out. They beast bends the bars. They brought him a know. book and they have a little bit of a conversation with beast where he reiterates yet again, why he's not on this television show. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> are they ever going to get back to this story? Like what, in a what was the book way? they brought him? I can't remember what the book was. I do not remember. Um, I don't remember. All I know is that the uh, what I remember is the cover of the book is just the title of the book. Oh, she, and and <laughs> Rogue, like this one because the because t- I really like the cover. It's like it's just words. Rogue. Uh, the, the book that they give him is Thomas Wolfe's "You Can't Go Home Again." You can't go home again, which okay. is their way of telling him that this storyline is never ending. <laughs> You're trapped here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gambit says that you Beast is easy to buy books gifts for. It's buying the dustiest book. Uh, in this sequence, we realize that Gambit doesn't like being in a jail cell and yep. it is because maybe he has a history of being in prison this is a thing that beast ponders yeah um meanwhile the x mansion jubilee is on security duty when she sees a bus come barreling up to the front gate and bust through it bishop blows through the front gate and then blows through the front door of the mansion <laughs> And then blows through the fucking wall in the lobby of the mansion, almost splattering Cyclops and Storm. Yes. Uh, and then somehow ends up in the basement, <laughs> which I was very confused by. Either that or the, the front of the mansion, where you would think they, they would allow guests and whatnot for whatever reason, looks exactly like the, the underground of the mansion, one or the other. Yeah, I don't really know what happens. They get up in the hallway underground, and uh, they have a fight with Bishop. Uh, Bishop blows everybody away until um wolverine comes in and uh puts him down and then we have a moment uh where (laughs) wolverine says for no reason i'm gonna remember this rookie yeah which is what wolverine said to bishop in 2055 and we have a moment where bishop remembers both of these things i don't know why he would say that to him in this fight i have no idea like they no should idea. have really figured out a better line that would make more sense for Wolverine to say in the moment. Yes. Yeah. They capture him. Wolverine's about to kill him. Professor X goes, no, 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 don't, don't, don't kill him. This is a kid show. And, uh, <laughs> Professor X is like Wolverine, you know, whenever somebody attacks us in our home, I like to give them cookies. 
so uh, they take him to the war room and they begin um, interrogating him. Yeah. And they put Cerebro on Professor X and then hook Bishop up to a machine and then they can begin to see elements of the timeline that led up to his fucked up future. Um, Wolverine has some really good lines in this. I don't remember them, though. I don't know. I just remember Wolverine uh, Jubilee is like, this gun is, it seems like this gun's from the future. Wolverine takes it from her and just throws it on the ground. Just throws it on the ground. <laughs> I really appreciate well, there's a that. Part, there's a part where Bishop goes, I'm from the future. Wolverine goes, check, please. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty fucking great. It's really, Wolverine's really funny on this show. I really like him on this show a lot. Check, please. Oh, Wolverine's got a tight five. <laughs> uh, so uh, they um, they uh, they're talking to him, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, Nimrod uh, shows up. How do they get to Nimrod? Oh, they 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 go back to the where he first appeared to the time portal. Yeah. And, and then, because he says there's a that's what he, that's what happens. His uh, his his Apple Watch begins flashing, and Wolverine goes, "What's up? Somebody's trying to steal your car in the future." <laughs> so also a very good line. <laughs> very good line. Uh, and so they go, they fight Nimrod. They have like a lengthy fight sequence with Nimrod. Nimrod begins to put himself together. He can't be destroyed. That's like his deal. And uh, Bishop destroys his temporal receiver the temporal receiver is what allows them to stay in the past and once yeah. that gets off of them they are rocketed back into the future and so nimrod is now only the problem of the future i think my favorite part of this battle is when nimrod like storm is messing with nimrod and nimrod shoots a building and it collapses on the storm and cyclops goes she's claustrophobic it's like dude a building just fell on her like my the favorite- least concern is that she's claustrophobic she's dead my favorite part of this sequence is that they're fighting him and Cyclops is like, our weapons can't harm him. So Wolverine, so I'm sorry, so Storm makes him slip and fall. I just yes. like, I cannot believe this is the solution to Nimrod is to make him slip and fall on a patch of ice like a hey fucking man, slapstick. They, they should just carry banana peels with them. Uh, it does work. <laughs> that That is how they are able to defeat him. He does a slip and fall and uh, Storm freezes him and they blow him to pieces and then they send him back into the future. So they go back to the X-Mansion and uh, you know, Bishop's like, I, I don't remember what I'm here to do. Like, I remember I'm here to stop one of you guys. You guys are going to assassinate somebody, but I don't know which one of you it is. Well, and- no, no, they're still there. Then he shoots Nimrod and he sends him away. And this is one thing I loved is that they're like, oh, like, Storm is like, I believe him. I think he's telling us the truth. And Wolverine goes, okay, bub, well, then tell me one thing. And then it cuts to them back at the mansion. And he goes, which one of us is the assassin? Which means he said, tell me one thing. They drove 30 minutes back to the mansion. <laughs> Wolverine got out of his costume, maybe took a shower, got dressed. and was like, okay, which one of us is the assassin? That's, That's the fantastic. Wolverine doing I love the- that kind of stuff. That's Wolverine doing the equivalent of how do you keep a moron in suspense? <laughs> <laughs> That's Wolverine doing that bit. Um, so he's like, I don't know. One of you is the assassin and it could be any of you. And Scott goes, it can't be Gene. <laughs> <laughs> and for the first Although time she's ever, like, I've had dark periods too, which is interesting, which is interesting, but they do dark Phoenix on this show. Yeah. So we don't so know they're not what talking dark about dark are. Phoenix. 
No, maybe she just had like a gambling problem. <laughs> they might mean Dark Phoenix. And then later on, they decided to do Dark Phoenix. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but yeah. this show, we talked about this last week, which is that Angel showed up and none of them knew him. So the show doesn't present as if there was an old team and this is yeah. the new team. This is yeah. just the team. Yeah. Um, Rogue shows up and then she's followed up by Gambit. And that is when Bishop suddenly remembers what the fuck he's there to do. And he says, you, you're the traitor. And that's the, he goes to shoot Gambit. And that's the end of the episode. Which th- that is Bishop's storyline in the comics as he comes back to find the ex traitor and he believes it's Gambit. I mean, it was supposed to be Gambit. It was certainly supposed to be Gambit. I mean, like, uh, I think it ended up still being Gambit. Eventually, it just took forever to get there. Okay. I don't remember. I don't know. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was uh, Xavier. Oh, that's right, because that leads into Age of... Or, uh, it's Onslaught. Onslaught, yeah. That's right. I don't think that was the plan, though. I think it was supposed to be Gambit. You think they pulled a Captain Adam on that one? Yeah, I think they pulled a Captain. I think because it was so obviously supposed to be Gambit for so long, and it just stretched out forever. Yeah. And um, I think uh, I think they they did a, a, a change up to keep it make it surprising. Also, I think Gambit became much more successful. Yeah. So they couldn't make Gambit the bad guy. Yeah. Well, that'll happen. Oh, <clears throat> what'd you think of this one? It was fun. This was a fun one. It was fun. It was good. Yeah. A lot of a lot of wacky stuff, a lot of action. Um, I really like Bishop in this. Um, he's just like, like a big weirdo. Song. His theme song is amazing. His giant thighs are incredible. Yeah, uh, yeah. It is. Uh, they do a Terminator reference in this episode. Yep. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Wolverine has seen Terminator, and they have it in the X Men universe. There you go. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty uh, it's pretty good. Uh. We will uh, come back next week for the finale of this two-parter. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I wonder if Bishop's going to stick around in the present or if he's going to go back to the future. I think it's going to be like Colossus. Yeah, I don't think he's going to stay on the team, but I wonder if he's like, I'm going to check out what life's like here in 1990. <laughs> or, if, like, <laughs> or if like he'll end up going back to the future for some reason. I, he might go back to the future. I don't I don't remember. I don't remember this at all. So I, I certainly watched this. There's no way I didn't watch this when it aired. I just do not remember any of it. Well, this was 92, right? Yeah. So where were you in 92? You were... 92, I was uh, in college. Okay. So maybe I didn't have a chance to see it because uh, I would have been living in a dorm... Um, may not have had a TV in my room. I can't remember if I had a TV in my room or not. I don't know. I, don't know. I feel like in 92, I could not have gone to the common area and put on the X-Men cartoon <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> that probably, as a freshman, I probably would not have done that. So maybe I didn't watch these. Yeah, not doing that on Saturday mornings. <laughs> yeah, just the common room playing. I mean, probably now that's probably what they do. Yeah. But in 92, that just was would not have flown. No, 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 no. You could maybe do like in 92, like a hungover... Looney Tunes? Sure. Um, but like really being interested in the X-Men cartoon in 92. I, I remember having to, I, I hid my X-Men comics that I really while I was wow. up in school. Yeah, because it was just so dorky. And that, that stuff just was not remotely mainstream. It was, just, it was totally outside the mainstream. I did, I did not hide my comic stuff. Yeah, you have a very different relationship to all this stuff than I do. I'm much very, more ashamed of it. 
one of my great college friendships, uh, Adam Charleston. We met, we were both in a, a class called Comics, Cartoons, and Comedy. And the way we met was I showed up early for the class, which was just in like a, a lounge room for some reason. And he was sitting there watching Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> I was like, hey, what's going on? And we're like, ah, we were we were meant to be friends. And there you go. I mean, I think part of it's my own thing. You know, I was ashamed. I, I, I still maintain some level of shame. Like growing up, even just a couple of years ahead of you, um, a lot of the stuff was like very super uncool. Um, like well, to the point like, where I would get cool. <laughs> that's, that's I really always worried about being cool. Yeah, um, I was short. I, you know, I had my own, I, I had a, a speech impediment. I wasn't too worried about being like, it was like, God made it clear. Cool is out of the books for me. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> so I might as well just dig in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I made friends in college who were nerds. Like I joined the board game club and the role playing yeah. club. So I did that nerdy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got kicked out of college. So none of that stuck. And, um, I'm sure if I had stuck around, I would have probably come into my own with yeah. my own people, uh, yeah. having, cause I also, I didn't have my own people in high school. I, and I did, I also went to a very different school than you went to, you know, I went to an arts school. So yeah. I think comics might be a little more accepted in some form there. I mean, there were kids that I knew my best friend when I, we read comics, like that was like our thing. Like, so like, it wasn't like nobody, but like, it was just not a thing in my school. Yeah. Oh, high school. No, high, yeah, no, high school. I, I was yeah. In college. I, no, no, high school. No, no, high school. Um, there was just not a lot of that, that same culture didn't exist. Like I knew that I, everybody who was into comics, I knew, and there was six of us. Okay. Yeah. It was much more like freaks and geeks. Yeah. I mean, in high, in high school, I was the only one of my friends that read comics. None of my friends read comics. So. Oh, I was uh, ahead of you then. I had friends that read comics. Yeah. No, I, I take that back. There was one, there was one guy in my high school that also read comics and he was a big Aquaman fan. And we were, we were friendly, but not friends. Like we would we talk were scumbags. My friend, Fred, who was my best friend at the time, uh, we would go steal comics. Master thief. Yeah. We stole comics. Yeah. That was like what we did. We were real scumbags. Yeah. Um, all right. That's this week's episode of Marvel vision back again next week. We'll have a bad batch coming up. The bad batch are back. Yeah. The very program that gave episodes. We right did the first now. two episodes. Uh, they're available right now for $1 and above subscribers at the Patreon, www.patreon.com slash cinema sangha, S-A-N-G-H-A. For $5 and above this month, we're going to be doing Captain America, the first Avenger. We should actually set a date for that. Yeah. And um, also this month, I'm debuting the new podcast, The Force is With You, for $10 and above. And then that $10, you get all that shit. So like each each level gets everything that's on the level below it. Um We'll be back again next week with the next episode of this. Uh, we might be getting back. We might be doing this for a long fucking time. Yeah, so there, there's word that uh, there will be no Marvel shows until like May. Yeah. So we may get through the entire oh. series of X-Men, the animated series at this rate. May end up doing Doom Patrol after all. We may get to Doom Patrol. Yeah, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of TV that we could do. So we're not we're not hurting for content. Yeah. So if anybody cares about it, that's the big question, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, when I say we might end up doing Doom Patrol after all, that's not me complaining. I love that show. I no, yeah, you, show. and you, I, I keep meaning to watch it, so that'll be a good yeah. excuse. Also, we have set up a Discord. If you are listening to this and you want to come chat with your fellow listeners about this show and other things and all kinds of fun pop culture nerdy stuff, we have a Discord, and that's available to members of the Patreon. So come join, even at the $1 level. You get to come in and hang out 
and chat and be part of a rapidly growing, very large community. Yes. So, and there, uh, there's some celebrities in there. Are there? Yes. There's Ahsoka T. <laughs> okay. Well, that's got to be Ahsoka Tano. So it's got to be. There we will not be saying anything bad about her show. All right. Uh, other than the Discord, Derek, where can they find you on there? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at WH underscore Wolfhack. You can find me on Twitter at Devin C. I'll be back again next week. Until then, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, may you be well. But most of all, may you remain a true believer. Thank you.